you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Upsize Your Leadership, the podcast about tapping your full potential as a leader. Your host and guide is Dr. Mike Armour. Dr. Mike has personally coached over 600 executives and managers, many of them at the top of America's largest corporations. If it's time to upsize your leadership, here's the man to show you how, Dr. Mike Armour. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Upsize Your Leadership, the podcast about enhancing your impact as a leader wherever you lead, whatever your role. I'm glad that you joined us today for my final program for 2020. I use this podcast to share the same ideas and insights which I provide daily to clients who turn to me for leadership coaching, executive mentoring, management training, or business consulting. You can learn more about me and the services which I offer at leaderperfect.com. We're just days away from a new year. Time to break out our strategic plans and business plans, brush them off, and revise them. But the upcoming year has the word unpredictable written large above its entrance. The COVID pandemic has made planning more challenging than ever. Who knows what the business climate will be like next month, much less nine or ten months from now. We all have our hopes that we are on the cusp of recovery, but no one knows for sure. Yet one thing is certain. We've learned from this crisis that strategic planning, as vital as it is, cannot take every eventuality into consideration. A different approach to planning is called for, and that's my topic today. Join me as we look at strategic planning from a perspective sure to help you upsize your leadership. Strategy has always fascinated me. As a youngster, I took a special liking to games like chess that put a premium on well-developed strategies. I loved reading biographies of people who saw great strategic opportunities and seized on them. By my 20s, I was writing my first organizational strategic plans. Later, I studied strategy formally in graduate seminars. It was no mere accident, therefore, that when I started my leadership development firm in 2001, I named it Strategic Leadership Development International. My goal was to work with men and women who were responsible for developing or implementing strategy. The firm got a jump start by landing two early clients who were looking for a strategic overhaul. One was in the for-profit community, the other in the non-profit world. In the first case, we developed a strategic plan that led to breathtaking growth and a highly profitable buyout of the company a few years later. In the case of the nonprofit, we structured a strategic plan which took their international operations in an entirely new direction, a plan which still guides them these 20 years later. I say all of this to emphasize my belief in strategic planning. I encourage it at every opportunity. But the COVID-19 crisis has driven home the fact that we need something over and above strategic plans. Like business plans, 
Strategic plans typically forecast the future by making straight-line projections of current trends. They don't allow for wholesale disruptions brought on by forces outside of our control. For instance, I formally launched my company in the spring of 2001 with a business plan which called for delivering services nationwide. I set out ambitiously to build that clientele. I was barely underway, however, before the events of 9-11 brought air travel to a halt, wiping out the option of serving clients beyond a reasonable driving distance. My strategic plan had no contingency or extended suspensions of air travel. To survive, I had to quickly shift gears and focus exclusively on building a local client base. Fortunately, the disruption came when the company was only months old. It had not grown financially dependent on clients spread across the nation. Had 9-11 occurred three years later, the outcome might have been far different for my firm. By then, I would have relied so much on the clients nationwide that a shutdown of air travel would have literally been disastrous, especially since Skype and Zoom technologies were still distant dreams. How, then, do we incorporate unforeseen disruptions into strategic and business planning? The answer is by supplementing strategic planning with scenario planning. Scenario planning fundamentally answers the question, how should we respond if horrendous development X were to happen? If scenario planning is a new term for you, the concept itself dates back to the 1950s. It was used in think tanks and academic circles and found its way into military wargaming. It broke into the corporate world as a result of a singular global disruption the OPEC oil embargo of 1973. For listeners too young to remember that crisis, let me tell you what it was like from a consumer standpoint. We had moved to San Jose, California in April that year. Gasoline prices were much higher in California than they had been in our native Texas, but gasoline was in plentiful supply. Then the OPEC nations decided to cut off oil deliveries to the U.S., Needless to say, the price of gasoline shot up like a rocket, if you could buy it. On Sundays, no gas could be sold by state law, but there was no guarantee that you could buy gas any other time of the week. Many service stations went days on end with no gasoline in their inventory. The ones that did have gas operated only limited hours. Once they had pumped their day's allotment, they shut down. Shut down usually came well before noon. For the consumer, this meant getting in line shortly before dawn at a station which would open around 7 a.m. By 7, the line would stretch for several blocks. Shortly after that, a service station attendant would walk the line counting the number of cars. At a certain point, he would, he would put a sign on the rear windshield of a vehicle saying, Last car to be served. Everyone further back in the line was simply out of luck. I usually sat in a line for three hours to get 10 gallons of gas. That was the maximum a station was permitted to sell individual customers. During the embargo, I read many a book while waiting in a gas line. And to make matters worse, gas was in such short supply 
that you could not buy it every day. You could either buy on even-numbered days or odd-numbered days, depending on whether your license plate was even or odd. Thus, if Friday was your day to buy, the 10 gallons you put in your tank had to last you until Tuesday. Since you were not eligible to buy on Saturday, stations were all closed on Sunday, and you were again ineligible to buy on Monday. (laughs) Wearing a mask and social distancing due to COVID is a minor inconvenience compared to the oil crisis. But if the oil embargo changed life for consumers... It wreaked havoc on the oil companies. Their refineries either set idle or operated at reduced capacity because they had no oil imports from Venezuela or the Middle East. They had not foreseen this scenario any more than the public did, and they were totally unprepared. Concurrently, another change was underway politically, which had staggering implications for the oil industry. The environmental movement was gaining steam, and the press for cutting carbon emissions was gaining a regulatory foothold. In almost no time at all, oil companies were forced to reformulate their primary products with marked increases in the cost of refining. But oil had not foreseen the rise of environmentalism any more than it had anticipated the OPEC crisis. It was in this setting that Shell Oil Company decided to borrow the concept of scenario planning from academia and the military. Other corporate giants would follow Shell's lead in the future, but Shell set the early benchmarks for scenario planning. This was their approach. They formed a team to think through and describe the various potential scenarios which could occur on a worldwide scale and which would have adverse implications for the company. They also looked at potentially disruptive developments in specific countries vital to the company's operations. Next, Shell chose one of these global scenarios each year and made it the topic of extensive strategic conversations. Managers across the entire company were brought together in settings where they wrestled with the question, what would we do, how should we respond if this situation were to become reality. At first glance, this might seem like a mere academic exercise of no practical business advantage, but the process had several important benefits. First, it conditioned people to quit thinking in simplistic, straight-line assumptions about the future. In the process, they became more attuned to watching for unfolding developments which held the potential for becoming disruptive. This heightened sense of awareness became something of a corporate early warning system. Second, Shell's scenario planning fostered outside-of-the-box thinking about solving problems. In the process of working through these what-if scenarios, many creative ideas emerged which had immediate business application, independent of the scenario under consideration. In addition, managers became more accustomed to looking for deeper complexity in problems and issues that they might have formerly considered only superficially. Third, even though specific scenarios may have never become realities, just thinking them through helped managers later when similar situations occurred unexpectedly. 
Because of the scenario planning discussions, managers were armed with an arsenal of ideas about how to cope with circumstances of this nature. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to replicate the shell approach. I've used this example simply to illustrate the concept. On a much smaller scale, you might consider ways to supplement your overall planning scheme with at least limited scenario planning. I have a client who just lost a customer who accounted for a huge percentage of the company's annual revenue. A year ago, the customer was highly profitable with thriving locations all over the country. But they got wiped out by restrictions imposed after COVID and are now in bankruptcy. Another company, a profitable manufacturer, has been a go-to supplier for the hospitality industry for decades. They never envisioned a day when the hospitality industry would be so hard hit that orders for the company's products would dry up completely. Still another client's profitability has been tied to huge conventions. With entire industries suspending conventions or putting them on hold indefinitely, my client faces staggering challenges just to continue operations. All three of these companies would have been better served had they devoted time periodically to serious contingency planning based on a scenario in which they lost the bulk of their customer base. Where else would they find new markets for their services or products? How would they surface these new customers? How would they streamline their cash flow while bringing new customers online? There are at least six scenarios which any business would be wise to consider. The first, as we've just outlined, is the loss of a significant block of customers. Second is a loss of critical suppliers or essential materials. Third is a natural disaster or an industrial accident which cripples production or vital logistics systems. Fourth is a sudden spike in costs which wipes out profit margins. Fifth is the extended illness or incapacity of the business owner or some other mission-critical worker. Sixth is the loss of investment funding or borrowing capability or a marked increase in the cost of money. Some of us are old enough to remember the Carter recession when home mortgage rates reached 18%. You could easily expand this list by adding other scenarios which are unique to your company and the way that you do business. Don't try to bite off all of these scenario plans at once. Remember that Shell, with all of its resources, tackled only a single scenario each year. Because of their size and the scale of their global operations, of course, their scenarios were quite difficult to analyze. A small or medium-sized business might be able to take on a scenario quarterly or semi-annually. The timetable is less important than undertaking the task. If we've learned anything in 2020, it is that the unexpected can happen on a wholesale basis and without warning. Scenario planning is not the only way to prepare for such eventualities, but it ought to be a major weapon in your planning arsenal. If you would like a PDF version of today's episode, 
It's available for download at leaderperfect.com slash podcast. Simply follow the link to download scripts. If you've found this podcast on LinkedIn or Facebook, be sure to like it, share it, or add a comment. And if you're not already a subscriber, become one today. I'm lining up guests for 2021 who will share leadership lessons which they've learned as their company responded to COVID-19. These interviews should be insightful and instructive. I hope to be sharing them early in the first quarter. By subscribing, you're sure to get an alert whenever new programs are published. I look forward to our next visit. Until then, find some way every day to upsize your leadership. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.